friends because you believe in the LGBTQ community and the importance of sharing our individual stories to help impact one another. The goal of the show is to introduce you to people and ideas that are going to help motivate you to pursue your passions and inspire you, inspire you to believe in yourself. My name is Alexandria Friedlander and I'm here to introduce you to remarkable people who have helped shift the world we live in today. Today's guest is Ashley and Morgan Mayfair from TransSocial. Help me welcome them to the show. Woo! Yeah. Well, thank you for having us. <laughs> Absolutely. It's an honor. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, it, so, guys, you are doing amazing things in the world right now, and it's really beautiful to see. Um, so, tell me a little bit about, well, tell me a lot, actually, um, about what TransSocial is, what inspired you to start it, and let's just get started there. Go with what it is. <laughs> The elevator pitch. All right. So TransSocial is a trans-led nonprofit that works to expand safe and affirming resources in our community. Um, we're specifically serving the trans, gender expansive, and intersex community, but we also help the LGBTQ. And we offer direct services like legal name change assistance, gender marker change assistance, affirming medical and mental health referrals. Um, we do a lot of TLGBQ cultural sensitivity training, and we, we do a lot of coalition work with other groups. So we do a lot around um, labor standards and uh, gender justice, reproductive freedom, things like that. That's we're, the, we're the trans organization that works with everybody. Wow. Right? So we like to believe that since we are everywhere, we are also part of everything, and therefore we work with everybody else. That is fascinating. You know, you say that you're everywhere, but I don't see you guys. There's a lot of reasons for that. <laughs> visibility is important, but at the same time for the trans community, visibility is also a double-edged sword. We need visibility in order to get acceptance, but visibility also means that we put ourselves in danger by being visible. And by danger, what, I mean, what does that look like for the people that don't have an understanding as, you know, like... Statistics, look at all the trans women that have been murdered and killed just in the last couple of years, or just this year, for that matter. Wow. And not just trans women, trans men as well. So it is a dangerous world that we live in that does not understand us. And because they don't understand us, they tend to fear us. And really, there's nothing to fear. Now, you asked why we started TransSocial. Yes. <laughs> OK, we started TransSocial because, as an offshoot from my transition, um, when I was transitioning, it was difficult to find resources. Okay. The first resources that we found was a doctor to be able to start on hormones and start chemical transition, okay, or medical transition. Um, but whenever we asked for other services, the places that we went to would not connect us to other places because they believed they would lose their clients. So there was no, yeah, there was no connection of uh, organizations working together to provide all the services that a trans person would need. So I would ask, is there a support group? Yes, there's a few. Uh, do you have them? Uh, we have one for trans women. Uh, okay, is there anything for trans men? Yes. Where? Another organization. What's the name of the organization? Well, we can't tell you that. So they were cryptic about providing you with resources that are going to help educate and change your life for the better out of fear that they were going to lose clients. 
Well, you have to understand that a lot of organizations are competing against each other for grant funding. Okay. okay? And the belief back then was that they were fighting each other for the same pot of money. And we came along to show them that we can work together in collaboration and go after that grant funding together. Absolutely. Be bakers. And be yes. bakers. Yes, be bakers. Yeah. Make more bread. Make yes. more bread. Make more that, bread. That's our belief from day one. Be bakers. I love that. So we work with other organizations. And Ashley mentioned a lot of what we do that's important. One thing that a lot of people don't think is important, but I think it's important, is that we also give people referrals to where you can get a haircut for the first time. You know, where you can get a suit fitted to fit you as a trans man, you know, for the first time where they're gonna treat you with, you know, they're going to affirm who you are. And you're not gonna feel uncomfortable, you're not gonna feel judged because maybe you're a little shorter or your feet are a little smaller. You know, that there's no judgment there. So we have a lot of different referrals that we can refer people to. Well, what a beautiful, uh concept you know like at the end of the day you just want to live in a, in a judgment-free world where everyone's just accepted for being human that would be amazing but it's difficult for humanity though yes it is because we fear the unknown but you are taking it upon yourselves to educate so let's talk a little bit about that i mean ashley you did mention the services that you provide but can you give me an example uh, like I was looking at your website and I saw a review that, that was on your website where it said that you help somebody with you know changing their, their license and how it really changed their life. Can you, can you talk a little bit about that and give some perspective as to how that, that would be life-changing? Definitely. So having a name and, and identity documents that reflect your authentic self is powerful in the way that it can affirm who you are, but also how you interact with the world and how the world perceives you. Mm -hmm. So imagine going into a job interview and, and you get the job, but then you have to give your ID and your social security card that have a different name and gender marker than you're presenting and that you've told them. Um, so it can lead to a lot more discrimination and also in traffic stops. You might be pulled over for a broken taillight, but then the officer doesn't understand why the person in front of them doesn't look like the one on the license. And the, you know, the, there's a lot of safety issues and disclosure issues that can be solved if they can have a legal name and gender marker change. And the reason we step in to help is because the process itself is, has so many barriers. Not just financial barriers, because it can be 750 to $1,000 to get through the process in Florida, but also because you have to appear in court before a judge that can be intimidating, especially if you have any prior arrests or anything on your record, they're gonna ask you about that. Yeah. Um, and then you have to go around to all of these government agencies and advocate for yourself because the agents aren't always up to speed on what the policies are. <laughs> Sometimes they, you might be the first per trans person that they've ever seen to update a gender marker on a social security card. So um, making sure that they have the support. Pre-COVID, we go in person. Right. Post-COVID, we give detailed instructions and we'll get on the phone <laughs> if we have to. Um, but yeah, figuring out ways to, to just walk them through the process and hold their hand because it, it's very intimidating. The process is not easy. Every county is completely different. The paperwork is different from county to county. It's different. Okay? Uh, when you go to get your driver's license or your social security, you're at the mercy of the agent that is working with you. Right. If they are not aware of what that particular office, whether it's a DMV or 
uh, Social Security, what they actually ask for, they'll make things up. Okay, and they, and they, and yeah, wow. they'll make it up, and they will put every hurdle you can possibly imagine in front of you. I mean, I went to Social Security how many times? Three, Three times, and I got turned away. Wow. I mean, the last one, it was like thanks to her that I didn't get arrested, because I got so angry, because the guy actually said to me, "Well." If you could show me a birth certificate that says you were born male, I can change your name and gender. And I was like, if I had that, I wouldn't be here with these letters asking you to change my name and gender. Correct. And I was like, yeah. So I got very angry, and there's signs everywhere that say that you can't lose your temper or whatever, you can get arrested. And she was like, sit down and be Rosa Parks. You're not leaving until <laughs> you're not leaving until this gets done because I love be, that at school. That's there will be other school. trans people behind you that will need to do this, yes. and we're gonna learn how to do it so we can help them. So yes. sit down. And I was like, be a Karen. Yeah, be a Karen and ask you, for a supervisor. Yeah, you do. It's like bring me your supervisor, and if that one doesn't know, bring me the other one. And our favorite, we pull up on the internet exactly what their you know specifics are i was like did you know that this is what you're supposed to ask me yeah we have their handbook yes <laughs> hello baby hi. hi buddy come on i knew it i knew you were gonna do this this is good let's be real thank you yes phoenix? yes this is phoenix and he's gorgeous he's yes. a looking cat and he's he would like some attention, some attention. Like some attention. <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna put him away though real quick make it easier for us Sorry, we'll, do we'll just cut real quick. <laughs> Sorry. Don't cut the cat out. Don't cut him out? No. <laughs> oh, We're all human. Kill it here. <laughs> it's COVID, it's fine. Yeah, come on. It's COVID. <laughs> Anything goes. Um, all the cool shows have animals on there. <laughs> that's true. Actually, that's a pretty good statement. It was true. <laughs> well, it's true. <laughs> I mean, I'm always saying. I don't know how you own black clothes with pets. We, yeah. It's hard. We could it's never hard. make it out of the house. I like, I like black, though. It makes me feel, um, what's the word, thinner. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that's true. That does yeah, It does. Um, so I totally f forgot where we left off, just to be honest with you. We're talking about IDs. Yes, yeah. so we're talking about IDs. Um, so let me ask you a question. When... Some, when somebody does change their identity and they go in looking for a job, mm -hmm. yes. what are the, I mean, I can only imagine what the struggles are. What is the solution? So here's the ticket. People wonder why there's so much unemployment in the trans community. And I'm gonna give you the skinny on that. Imagine you have a trans woman who's let's say 45, okay? and she's going into a job interview, she has to make some choices here. She's gonna to have to either out herself as trans right. and say she has a work history under the name Henry or James or whatever, right. or she's wow. gonna to have to forego all of her work history and act like she just fell out of the sky and she just hasn't had a job in her life until now. And who's going to hire somebody without experience? Right. But who's going to hire somebody who's trans? That's right. When we don't have any kind of federal protection. We do have some protection in the state of Florida through different county human rights and then through the interpretation of uh, Title VII. Uh, but 
who enforces that? Right. If, if, if somebody was interviewing a trans person and they don't, they're not familiar with trans people, this is the first trans person they've met, they may just not hire them because they're scared. And they're not going to say, we're not hiring you because you're trans. Mm -hmm. They're going to find some other excuse not to hire you. Right, especially in the state of Florida. Mm -hmm. Right. Wow, how fucking sad. And let's get into housing, too. Okay, Mm -hmm. discrimination in housing. Please, yes. So imagine someone goes to see an apartment and they're visibly trans. Okay. Okay. Most of the time they get turned away. Okay. And we even had one person where the landlord demanded an extra deposit, a trans deposit. Are you fucking kidding me? Sorry, mom. Are you kidding me? No, no. And she paid it because she needed to move, okay? Her previous landlord outed her. When they called for references, you know, because the other landlord knew her pre-transition. Wow, what a winner. So they were like, yeah, it was like, so no, this is the name of the, no, this is the person that was renting here. Mm -hmm. So right away the connection was made. Oh, trans. So now we need an extra $500. Yeah, that's insane. So just some of the little things we go through. Wow. And I'll I'll go to perspective. Thank you for sharing that. I'm sorry, go ahead, Ashley. You're good. I mean, it is illegal, right? We have legal protections, but what legal recourse do trans people have? You need a lawyer. You need a lawyer to be able to fight these things. Mm -hmm. So, how many pro bono lawyers are willing to give you their time for free? Truth. When it's hard to kind of prove some of the stuff to you, because they're not going to tell you. Oh yeah, it's not because you're trans. Okay. Right. I mean, one of my trans kids recently uh, got a job, and then essentially after they received their letter of acceptance and they signed everything. Uh, they realized that they, you know, he has a disability. So they found other excuses to not hire him. Hmm. So it's, you know, compounded a lot of different things. Right. Wow, that's incredibly sad. Um, and the thing so is, we're not that different. We really aren't. Right. Well, no, because you're human. At the end of the day, you still have skin, right? Blood running through your veins. Bones look, in your body. A human being doesn't fit into just one box. Right. Okay. There's a million different things about a person that makes them who they are. Okay. Like, you know, I'm a husband. I'm a son. I took care of my parents, you know, when they were elderly. Um, I spent time in the Marine Corps. I spent time in prison. I mean, there's a lot of different things about a person that goes into making who they are. It's not just, oh, trans man. We're right. not all the same. Correct. So talk a little bit about your childhood and, and how you know, the transition was, how it was to discover that you wanted to transition, um, what that looks like for people, you know, myself included, who don't know that kind of um, experience. Okay, the only thing I can share is my experience. We're right. all different, okay? Correct. Um, people transition at different ages, uh, they realize they're trans at different ages. Just like some people realize they're gay or lesbian or bi at different ages and different times in their lives. Uh, for me, I always knew. I always knew I was a boy. I'm also intersex, so that may have had something to do with it too. Um, I don't know what that means. 
You want to go ahead and explain the intersex? <laughs> so intersex. Uh, intersex is a, a variety of conditions. They could be uh, physical, it could be chromosomal, it could be the way your hormones are interact in your body and, and respond during puberty. Um, it's about as common as somebody with green eyes or red hair or twins. Like one in 200 people usually has some kind of intersex condition. And okay. don't know it. And may never oh. know. Um, usually people only find out if there's ambiguous uh, genitalia or if they have fertility issues and have their chromosomes tested. Like. It's way more frequent than people expect, but just it's like it was in nature. But it's complicated because I always wanted to have a child, and I mm -hmm. went through the whole fertility thing, and they never told me, other than you're not fertile, you know, that I didn't have all the equipment, mm -hmm. okay? Right. So they never disclosed to me that I was intersex. I ended up finding out because my father had Alzheimer's, and I had DNA testing to see if I carried the gene for Alzheimer's. Right. Because I was like, I'm getting older. I need to start preparing yeah. just in case. Yeah, no, I get that. You know, if I forget my wife's name tomorrow, <laughs> you know, and yeah, we are married. Um, so I had this test, and it's expensive, okay? Yeah. And I waited on pins and needles because it's a really scary thing. And then I get my, you know, my response, and it says there's an anomaly. I have to retake the test. Okay, boom, it's another $200. Okay, I take the test again, it comes back with the same anomaly. The I took it three times. And by the third time, I was like, okay, what is the problem? Right. The problem was that I came out in the DNA test as male. Huh. As having XY chromosomes. So I took this to my doctor, and I was like, this happened. Explain this to me. <laughs> right. And my doctor looks at my file and says, you're intersex, what's there to explain? And I'm like, how about explaining to me that I'm intersex? Nobody's told me this. You know, and he's like, well, it's in your file from when you were trying to have a child. And I'm so like, nonchalant yeah, about it. It's in your file. And I'm like, well, you may have seen that, but you never even told me anything. He's like, well, I assumed that you knew. You know, and I, because doctors are so uncomfortable about certain things. And because they have a discomfort, they don't talk to their patients. So I didn't know this for the majority of my life. But anyway, getting back to your initial question, um, I always knew. I never liked anything for little girls. It just wasn't my thing. Not that there's anything wrong with it. Right. But I was never attracted to dolls. Like I had rooms and rooms of dolls. And like my Barbie dolls would date my secret G.I. Uh, Joes, which I kept hidden from my mother because whenever she found them, she'd throw them away. Um, but I always knew, and at the age of six, I told my mother, and there was a total misunderstanding about that. Okay. She was having um, problems with my father, and she was crying, and I still remember she was in the bathroom crying. And she was, you know, Latina, typical Latina. You know, everything is based on, you know, if you have a son to lean on or not. And she was like, you know, um, I don't want to divorce your father because you know my parents were divorced and it's such a horrible stigma blah 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 but I wish I had a son you know to lean on what have you and I told her I am your son and my mother assumed I had told her I was a lesbian mm. and seriously at that moment stopped loving me so at that moment I lost my mother which is very emotionally. sad emotionally and in just about every way possible she did not like me anymore so I had my dad, who uh, somehow sensed or knew, because his nickname for me was Butchie Boy. 
So <laughs> that's what he calls me. Hilarious. Yeah. And what we did was he taught me to play baseball, uh, which in high school I was one of the best baseball players. Get and, it. And yeah. I was the only girl on the varsity baseball team. Woo! I love it. So, um, I, you know, it was a lucky thing that I had my dad, but it was very, very hard to grow up without having a mother. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, because from that point on, she was completely emotionally distant from me. You think a, a piece of her was aware that something wasn't, uh, quote-unquote, according to society, natural if she was taking your G.I. Joes away? Let's put it this way. I don't have 100% proof but I have very clear suspicions that my mother knew that I was intersex from day one. Because by the time I was uh, eight or nine, she was taking me to get hormone shots. Because mm -hmm. I was not looking like a little girl. Huh. I had huge feet. I was taller than anybody at the time in school, right. any of the other girls. All I wanted to do was play sports. Yeah. I did like ballet, but that was because of the girls. <laughs> <laughs> and she knew that too. She took me out of that real quick. <laughs> um, but she was taking me to get these hormone shots. Right. Which later on I found out was progesterone. Wow. Yeah. So my father denied knowing anything about it. But then again, with my dad, you just never know. Right. Yeah. So she knew and was trying to make me into something I wasn't. Yeah, no, I get that. I, I understand what that, so, what that feels like. I'm, I'm sorry you experienced that, but I think that it helped shape you into the amazing human being that you are today, which is, you know, somebody who gives, the, knows the importance of giving as opposed to just taking. Well, I appreciate you saying that, but I think it also made me very defiant. Yeah? <laughs> because <laughs> I have been... Yeah. Bring it! Yeah, my, my Bring wife, it! My wife will tell the truth. I, um, I'm extremely stubborn. Yeah. Okay? I haven't spent a day in the closet in my entire life. And I'm very proud of that. I'm 62 years old. And I can say I've never been in the closet. Okay, You're closet. 62 years old? Yeah. No shit. It's a yeah. secret. It's the secret of trans people. <laughs> That's the secret of trans people. I love it. <laughs> yeah, closets are stifling. You know, there's something about all those hangers in there. I don't know. It's true, though. It's hard. Yeah. It's, it's emotionally scarring. And I think it's one of the reasons why so many people in the LGBTQ plus community need therapy. Yes. You know, it's not that there's anything wrong with us inherently. It's that society beats us down and makes us ashamed of who we are. And Truth. we need to stop that and just be who we are. How, but, do we, how do we stop that? We need to take the stigma away and start accepting each other and start understanding each other a little bit better. And how do you do that? Getting to know each other. And how do you, well, yes. But Ask questions. Go out there and meet people. You know, I get a lot of LGBTQ people that, you know, it's like I said before, the T tends to know the LGB because in most cases we've come from there, okay? But the LGB have a lot of misconceptions and myths about who the T is. You have one friend who's a drag queen and you assume that that's what all trans folks are. Right. Okay, and anyone who's talented in makeup and dressing and performing can be a drag queen, even a cisgender woman. Huh who happens to be heterosexual. Huh. So anyone so who's that true. talented, think about it. Yeah. So just because you know a drag queen doesn't mean you know trans folks. Correct. And on top of that, we are extremely different one from another. 
I mean, I always tell Ashley that sometimes the only thing we have in common is that we're trans. Mm -hmm. Or human. Or human, there you go. Well, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. trans isn't a performance. It's who yeah. you are. Like, drag queens are performers. It's a, a stage. Right? Yeah, they, right. take, they take off that, you know. That mask. That mask when they get home and they have a different life. Correct. Okay? We have to live in that skin all the time. That's who we are. And what's that like? It's fantastic. Yeah? It's amazing. <laughs> it's freeing. Okay. Even though I always knew, I didn't transition until I was 56. Wow. How do you deal with the people that are unaccepting? I tell them to fuck off. <laughs> I get that. But, but how do you deal with the feelings that come with that shit? Okay. So I was at the kidding. end of the day, you're still a human being. You feel things. I, I really don't tell them all to fuck off. Okay. I try to educate them and I try to bring them into a clearer understanding because I know that a lot of it is ignorance. Correct. Okay? Yes. So I try to give people a chance, but there's some people that you cannot educate because they're unwilling to listen. Okay. And at that point, for my own safety and my own health and my mental well-being, I step away. Like I've stepped away from a lot of my family. It's like, you don't want to accept me. That's fine. I've chosen family. Right. And I'm good with that. Right. And the LGB, like I said, a lot of us come from there. And when I say that, I say that from my own personal experience. I lived 56 years of my life as a lesbian. Okay. Now, some lesbians get very upset about that. And they're like, oh, you know, you were lying to us. You're out for our women, whatever. Okay. <laughs> You're out for our women. Yeah, no, seriously. That's, that's, the, whole, that's the whole thing. I'm out for your women. There you are. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I was out for your women. Anyway, here's the thing. Okay. I really did feel I was a lesbian. Okay. Yeah. And you have to understand we have a lot in common. I was socialized as a girl. I lived my life that way. I had to make certain concessions to play that role so that I could survive and I could go to work, you know, uh, and just live in the world that I was living in. It wasn't like I was choosing to be a phony. Right. I had to live that way in order to survive. I didn't even know that trans men existed. First of all, when I was young, we didn't have Google, okay? Yeah. We had to go to the library. Yeah. Okay. And the only thing I found in the library was trans women, okay, tennis player, and <laughs> two of them. Anyway, and um, all I found after that that mentioned trans men was that the surgeries were terrible for us. And I thought that you had to be extremely wealthy and that you had to be somebody famous in order to transition. And it was just this illusion that you created in your head based yeah. upon what you yeah, read and just perceived from the world. Yeah. Interesting. I had no idea where I could go uh, to start anything or to do anything about it. And I just resigned myself that this is going to be my life. And, you know, I'm going to be inside who I really am and just deal with it and have to live that way. What a badass you are. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Sometimes. Get it. I'm a survivor. I survive everything. I'm like a cockroach. Yes. It's like you come after, you better move fast. Or get good poisoned. Because I'm going to keep coming back. Yes. And I always do. I love so it. I, my life has not been an easy one. 
I've gone through a lot of things in my life. My life has been complicated. Um, but you learn to survive when you haven't had a mother. And you've had to do everything for yourself. Um, you know, I still remember, you know, having to sign my mother's name on things, you know, so that I could participate in school. Because if I brought my mother anything, it'd be like, just leave it there. And it would never get addressed. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I had to work and earn money to get some of the simple things that I needed personally because I just got the basics. And right. my parents could afford it, but my mother just didn't care. So I had to care. Correct. And learn to take care of myself and learn to survive. So what would you say to the people out there that are struggling right now that don't have that kind of courage that you do at this moment in time? or don't have support, or don't have, you know, a sense of maybe even understanding who they are and what, what to do and how to properly transition, you know, like, what message do you have for them right now? The first thing I would say is go to therapy, okay? I recommend therapy for everyone, okay? But for us trans folks, even more so. And even if you're not really 100% sure that you're trans and you're just questioning, Okay, go to therapy, look inside of who you are and look at your life and get a better understanding of self first. And then don't make excuses. Look for your community because you know what? We exist and we're out there. And I mean the entire LGBTQ plus. Okay, I mentioned chosen family. Chosen family is better, in my opinion, than biological family. Biological family means that you're related by blood. Chosen family means that there's love and there's loyalty and there's support. Mm. Look for your chosen family. Yeah. Get it. <laughs> that is so true. Thank you. You're that welcome. was beautiful. And I'm sorry, I'm talking too much. You should no, talk I'm about enjoying it. it. <laughs> right? It's really good. I, I, I'm like kind of like, I didn't know that you, I mean, I knew you both were going to bring value, but like, should have had like an episode for like Morgan and an episode for <laughs> You know, and then like an episode of like the two, the three of us. We might have to do this again, all right? <laughs> um, well, that's amazing, and thank you for your perspective. You're welcome. And, and Asha, I want to know from your perspective, what was it like to, you know, and I don't know exactly you know, how long you've been together, but to um, date somebody, I don't know if you were transitioning while you were together or if it was after, um, but share your experience. All the details, yeah, go for it. So, <laughs> We've been together almost 11 years. It'll be 11 years next month, I think. Mm -hmm. um, awesome. That's it's beautiful. Yes. It's, good. it's the longest relationship I've ever had, which is good. No, <laughs> yeah. not, not mine, typical lesbian, but whatever. But uh, we got married um, the day it became legal in Florida. And we were married as a same-sex couple because it was pre-transition. Um, wow. And that was in... But she knew I was trans because I told her on yes. our first date. And that was the first time I had kind of heard or met somebody who had... But it turns out it wasn't. So, <laughs> so I, you know, I had a lot of questions and we talked about it a lot, but it was something that he didn't really think he could act on. Yeah. Um, but looking back, I went to high school with somebody who was a trans man. Um, and I just didn't, I didn't realize it. Again, I thought, really butch lesbian. <laughs> it's like they changed their name, they changed their parents. I'm like, yeah, that's a butch lesbian. No. Um, yeah. yeah. So I had to learn a lot too. But then we were in a car accident. Um, after, was it after we were married? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, um, yeah, he, 
he got hurt pretty badly and had to have surgeries and like I think you had like a epiphany yeah like I don't want to die not being me yeah I had that moment you know where it was that tremendous fear of wow I could die during the surgery right and if I do how many people would have actually known the real me huh it's like so what so what happened um, I told my wife, I love you with all my heart, and I hope you understand this, but I need to transition. And then lots of therapy later, we figured. <laughs> but it also gave me space to explore my own gender identity and, and understand yeah. more about myself and, you know, engage with a community that I've really grown to love and respect. I think trans people, we talked about a little earlier, but they have such a unique perspective on life and on humanity, if you will, because they've lived both sides. Right. They know the dynamics of interacting in society from both sides. They can be great mediators and very insightful about people. So, Well, we've been around from the beginning of time, okay? We're nothing new, although some people think that we are. And we were in many cultures and still are in many older cultures considered holy people hmm. because we are able to understand both sides of the coin. Fascinating. Wow. I mean, how many people can tell you they know what it's like to be a woman? They know what it's like to be a man. Right. And they can see both sides of it. And they can see both sides of it. Yeah. As well, a feminist, it's a lot of fun. I bet. <laughs> oh, yeah. I bet. I get a lot of people asking me, which one's easier? Neither. <laughs> Neither. Incredible. Um, so just to, to end the show, what is the, the legacy that you guys are trying to leave behind at the end of the day? For me, I would like to see more unity within the LGBTQIA community. Okay. We are facing so many hurdles. We've achieved so much. I'm 62 years old. I've seen so much that we've gone through and we have achieved, which is to me a miracle. I never in my life thought I would see us, you know, being able to get married, right. okay? Yeah. Um, but there's still so much out there. And there's so much hate out there. And I want people to understand that the reason they're coming after trans youth is because they think it's the weakest link in the chain. Believe me, they will, they're coming out for all of us, okay? They're just starting there. We need to unite and be strong together because we are stronger together. And that, you know, I don't just mean LGBTQ plus community. I also include women that are feminists, women who believe that women should have equal rights and equal pay. Uh, we have a great deal in common and that would probably be for another show. But we have a lot in common and we need to stand together instead of opposing each other because that's what they want. They want us to fight each other. They want us to divide so they can conquer us. Wow. That is so fucking true and beautifully said. Thank you. And Ashley? Not, not nearly as <laughs> No, but what, what is it? I want to know what your legacy, you know, I, I'm sure that you obviously, you know, can relate, but do you have something that you'd like to share? I think maybe... Um, you don't always have to know what you're doing to be able to help. Like I, I hope people feel inspired to just like jump in and you know lend a hand and try to help different communities because 
That's what yeah. I did. Exactly. Like like taking the initiative to just jump in and help instead of just being a bystander. It's yes. scary though. Yeah. You got to be brave to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so to tell the tell those people out so there be brave. Be brave. Be brave. Be something. Be brave. Be defiant. Okay. Never like accept things. Crimes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Ask questions. Okay. Question everything. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Wow. What a great episode. Thank you guys so much for being on the Les Pod. It was a it was a great experience. And I'm definitely having you back on the show because we're we're diving in deeper. I look forward to it. Great. I look forward to it. Sounds All right, awesome. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks. Thank, Thank you. you for having us. Absolutely.